Hi, I'm one of the folks, Sarah Morris, here at the Sinclair in Boston. The Newport Folk Podcast is brought to you by Headcount, a nonpartisan organization that works with musicians to promote participation in democracy. Visit headcount.org to find out more. Hey, welcome. My name is Dan, and you're listening to the first episode of season three of the Newport Folk Podcast. Uh, A lot has happened since last season, and if our math is correct, we have written down here that as of January 25th, we officially passed the halfway mark to the festival. So uh, probably a good time to start this podcast back up again. In today's episode, we're going to take a look at the first six artists that we've announced via the rolling lineup. Uh, If you're not familiar with the rolling lineup, instead of just dumping all the artists out at once via a lineup poster, like most festivals do, we like to spread it out and give each artist their own day to be announced, and that way these bands are, you know, more than just text on a poster, and folks can actually become familiar with them and their music. So this podcast is going to kind of take that one step further. I've invited two guests to join me on the show, and we're going to talk about these artists that we've announced in the last two weeks, and we'll play a song from each one. And hopefully when all is said and done, you'll leave this episode feeling like you know these bands a little bit better. And stay tuned for the end of the episode. We're going to give a small clue for the next artist that we'll be announcing via the rolling lineup. So you'll kind of be one step ahead of everybody else. So my guests who I'll be discussing these artists with are two folks who we consider to be quite the tastemakers of the Boston music scene, both of whom work for NPR with Front Row Boston, uh, one of our favorite projects to come out of Boston recently. If you're not familiar with Front Row, head over to YouTube and search for their videos. They have sessions with bands like uh, The Punch Brothers, Jason Isbell, Connor Oberst, Nathaniel Rateliff. Uh, So on my left, Tori Bedford, contributor to Front Row Boston and associate producer for Boston Public Radio. Tori, thanks for joining me. Hello. How's it going? Good, how are you? I'm so happy to be here. Yeah, glad to have you here. And on my right, we have Jason Tereski, also contributor for Front Row Boston and associate producer for Boston Public Radio. Jason, good to have you here, man. Thank you so much for having me. All right, so before we dig into this lineup, you guys both went to Newport Folk last year covering the festival for Front Row Boston. Any personal highlights from either of you guys? Oh my God, it was so much fun. The, I think the the pop-up concerts, like going in in the morning and checking on those and seeing who was there uh, because Lucius had a show in Providence and their bus broke down and so they just called the Folk Festival and they ended up doing a show, like things like that. A lot of the kind of... I don't know, there's this feeling, as you know, at the Folk Fest where you can just walk around and musicians walk around and everyone's kind of just enjoying the sunshine and we had a really beautiful three days. It was really nice. And you're talking about the pop-up shows in the museum stage? Yes, yeah, awesome. yeah. Cool. All right, Jason, any uh, any highlights for you? Uh, many highlights. There's a poster on your wall here of Flight of the Concords, which nice. that was yes. my first time seeing Flight of the Concords. And anyone who's watched the show knows how hilarious that band is and it translates just as well to watching them do a live show which i was pretty impressed by yeah you always wonder because with hbo they obviously have such a large production budget and to see them just sit down with two guitars and put on such an entertaining performance just awesome oh and to hear some of the first material new material i've heard from them in years too was was awesome yeah um still as topical and hilarious as as ever uh but all right we have six artists to dig into from this lineup so far so let's get to it right out of the gate the first artist we announced were the fleet foxes and jason you picked them as one of your two artists to discuss so let's talk about fleet foxes 
obviously they're kind of one of the big bands coming this year. They've been a little underground for a while. Their last album was 2011's Helpless Blue, uh, Helplessness Blues. I haven't really heard of anything since then. Um, we've heard a lot from Josh Tillman or Father John Misty, who seems to have kind of become the new big thing in folk right. uh, and, and folk rock music and who was at Newport Folk last year. But it hasn't really scratched that itch for me the same way that Fleet Foxes has. Hmm. And I've never seen them live and have wanted to see them live since they came out with their first album, Fleet Fox, in 2008, which was such a massive sensation. Uh, and, and really got that band going in a way that most debut albums don't get, especially folky, harmonic bands like Flea Fox is going. Yeah. But I'm just excited to see them come out again and see what else they're going to bring in the future as musicians. Yeah, uh, definitely going to be interesting to see or to hear what their new stuff sounds like, assuming that they play a good amount of new material uh, for their Newport set. But the song you chose to play is from their album uh, Helplessness Blues. It's called Battery Kinsey. I'm going to assume that everyone listening to this podcast knows who the Fleet Foxes are, but let's just play a quick clip uh, to remind us how good this band is. Battery Kinsey by the Fleet Foxes off of their album Helplessness Blues. And I should mention that this is the first U.S. show that the Fleet Foxes have announced in the last six years. So we're excited to have them. Yeah, I hear uh, Robin um, Picknold, the kind of head of Fleet Foxes, was getting a degree at Columbia and took time off. And that's why he's kind of been out of the music scene. So maybe he'll bring some of that some scholarly yeah, some, contribution yeah some academia into well, well we do know that they have a new album coming out um and all the info that we have is pretty much from robin pecknell's instagram feed uh back in november he said it's almost done it's 55 ish minutes and 11 tracks with a folk soul sound um apparently it's called yologically i'm not sure about that pronunciation but it's going to be interesting to see how they've grown from their second album and you know where they're going to fit back into the folk stratosphere. Um, but let's move on to Margaret Glassby, the second artist that we announced. We announced her on February 3rd. So Tori, you want to talk about Margaret Glassby? I love her. She's such a badass. She is so cool. And I feel like she's kind of, she's come out with, we're kind of in this interesting time where you don't have to just produce full albums all the time. You can just come out with a couple songs or EPs or whatever. And she's been doing that. She's had a few EPs. Um, and last year she came out with this full album and it's just this 
masterpiece and it's amazing. She is based out of California. She's been living in New York, but she was here in Boston for a little while because she'd received a scholarship and went to Berkeley School of Music and she ran out of money and then didn't want to go broke. So she just stopped going to school and kept going with her ID. So she would keep going and so she would always say like, she's not like cheating anybody, you know, she, she would get invited to go play with these musicians who are her, her friends and she would use her ID and just keep coming back and play with people and make connections. And uh, she became a regular at Club Passim and she was just kind of this like musical figure here and this floater at Berkeley and she's really cool and I love her new album. But the song that I wanted to play is actually off her first EP, and it's a cover of the Queen, Lauren Hill, <laughs> X Factor. I love this song, and I love this kind of very painful cover that she does. All right, cool. Let's hear a clip from her cover of Lauren Hill's X Factor. Tell me who I've got to be to get taking on a Lauren Hill cover song. That's, that's I, about as cool as I it think gets. a lot of people have covered that song, but I love, I mean, I, I don't know. There are so many good covers of it, but I kind of always hate when you hear a cover and it sounds like too similar or it doesn't add something really new. And this is such an interesting take on that song because it's such a beautiful song. The lyrics are so painful and she brings that pain and she just stretches it out. And it's like, it's unbelievable. Yeah, and I like that it's a uh, cover song too because folk music is, you know, it's synonymous with with cover music and with interpreting songs to make them your own or sometimes just in, you know, playing them to give respect to the artist that wrote it. And I think she certainly does this song justice, which is a terribly difficult thing to do yes. for an artist that's especially different than yes. you know, your normal si uh, style. So props to Margaret Glassby. I'm, I'm really looking forward to that set. Yeah. And then another uh, Berkeley, not technically alum, but a Berkeley attendee. Uh, and Those are always the best. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we could just do a whole episode. The dropouts, yes. Yeah. Um, so another artist that is also playing the folk festival and that went to Berkeley uh, is Big Thief. Um, their singer and songwriter, Adrian Lanker, attended Berkeley around the same time that I was going to Northeastern, actually. Uh, and when she was going to Berkeley, she played this tiny little art gallery. And I was fortunate enough to see her there. And by the end of the show, 
everybody, everybody in the room was talking about how she was going to go places and it was just a matter of time. I don't think anyone would have predicted that it would have happened this fast. I mean, she Big Thief was on every single, you know, top record, top new artist of 2016 list. Um, they played a show at Brighton Music Hall a couple months ago, and I got to talk with Adrian briefly about just the pressures of living up to a band that's so young and rising so fast. And we're going to play a quick clip from that interview. And just a warning, she does get a hug from the opener, Sam Evian, midway through the interview. So if you hear some disruption, that's what that is. And this starts with her response to me asking her what it felt like to headline a sold out show in Boston, which is to, you know pretty much the city where she started out. So let's take a listen. Well, for, I mean, this is our first headline tour, right. which feels like a huge, it feels huge. We've been working for years and years to be able to do this. So I was very overwhelmed with just, just the, the audience, you know, hundreds of people with <laughs> completely just attentive and present and um, when you know it's like when someone's listening it's when someone's really listening it kind of triggers or makes room for real stuff to happen but when real stuff happens it's not always pretty it's not always good I mean sometimes it's like feels dark or it feels scary or it feels imperfect or it feels messed up right <laughs> and I and I kind of felt that like I had real witnesses who were really really watching you know and really listening and uh, I guess that's the difference between supporting and headlining is that when you're supporting a lot of times you're a surprise to the audience hey heading out <laughs> so do you I'm so excited for the show tomorrow okay see ya but yeah, when you have, um, when you're supporting, you're a surprise. So whether or not, whether you're good, whether you feel like it was good and smooth, well, you're like, okay, great, we surprised everyone. And if it was shitty, it's like, well, no one was really expecting anything anyway, so it's okay. <laughs> it's okay, we're just learning. And in this case, it's like, you know, people come because... They know they've developed a relationship with the music already, right. and I can't help but feel sometimes like I'm worried that I'll let people down. That thought enters my mind, but I just gotta keep with my my center, you know, my core of, of myself, and 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 accept the whole process that's happening because that's what it is. It's like you can't ask for a band to be real and genuine and not accept the hard or dark or imperfect or whatever shit comes out. You, you can't ask for a band to be real and then only accept the good stuff. Right. You know, the first thing that comes to mind when I heard her talking about that, when she said, um, what was the quote? She said, you can't ask for a band to be real and only accept the good stuff. I don't think there's a better crowd or a better atmosphere to be real um, than at the Newport Folk Festival, because I think the crowd is so tolerant and so open minded about performers. And they're not just expecting the hits or the, you know, the catchy fun songs. They want everything. They want the real stuff. Um, and 
that makes me really excited for this set. And I hope she catches that vibe when she's there. And I hope she opens up and does something that's completely, you know, genuine and um, let's go. I love that perspective. Sorry. Uh, I was just going to say that I love applying that to everything that anybody does because any kind of creative pursuit is not going to be perfect and human beings aren't perfect and we don't show that enough. We don't show enough of our trial and error when we're working on projects and we don't show enough of our failures and we don't maybe even talk about it enough and I really like that. Well, I was going to say it's kind of what became the epitome of the festival, right? One of the most famous trial and error moments in music history happened at Newport Faux Festival, obviously with Dylan 65 turning electric. That is kind of one of those epic moments of turning points in music history, you know, trying something. People didn't like it and eventually people came around to him. So it's great to see people try things in a musical setting like Newport Folk that's so new to people then they need to wait for people to come to them. Right, exactly. Um, and so the song that I'm going to play for for Big Thief is a live version of their track Real Love recorded uh, by our friends over at WFUV in their studio. So let's uh, take a listen. Living on bed weed Let me touch your cheek Unbelieves love you Having your face hit Having your lips split By the one who loves you
That to me is that's my response when anyone says that rock music and folk music isn't going anywhere because I mean that's just the best thing people ever. People say that to you? <laughs> I guess not directly to my face because I think people realize that if they said that they would have to engage in a painfully long and stubborn argument with me. But um, you know you do see it on blogs and editorials and YouTube comments and. Uh, it drives me crazy because that was so, you know, raw and passionate and it makes me excited for the next 30 years of what's going to happen in music. I think so many people right now after this election had such a different expectation for how it was going to go and were so shell-shocked by it. And obviously there's, you know, the stereotype about like the crying liberal snowflake people but you know there's a lot of people who are struggling to understand what's going on in the country politically and I think it's really I don't know just listening to that I feel like there's a lot of people who are at a very heightened emotional sense Mm. and and they're going to be going to this festival and it's going to be so intense and political and healing and I think there's been a lot of that through music and through art and through protest and yeah, I'm excited. About yeah, that. I, oh, I think you raise a good point too in that a lot of these artists that I'm listening to now will serve the purpose of being therapeutic at the festival, but they can also serve the purpose of being proactive and you know um, spreading a message and getting people involved and engaged. Uh, and how you interpret that is completely up to you. And I'm, yeah. and I'm excited to see. I mean, that is therapeutic, bands. you know, to it's have true. to it's feel like you're not alone and that. Well, what you you're not normalizing things folk music is certainly in the zeitgeist right now if we looked at the super bowl um lady gaga started the whole thing off with this land is your land yeah. which is woody guthrie kind of you know one of those forefathers of american protest folk music yeah. it's right there kind of seeping through uh into the american consciousness again yeah and kind of makes you wonder what woody guthrie would have thought about his song being used in that context um but let's move on to the next artist uh, that we announced, Marlon Williams. Tori, you want to talk about him? He's from New Zealand, but he's a country music singer. And he sounds like it's a lot of like, it's American folk music, sort of. He's sort of a crooner. He's very young. He has this very old timey croony voice. Um, it's huge and amazing. And he's done a lot of different types of things with it. Um, I'm excited to see what he continues to do. Um, he is, I wanted to play this song. It's with his band, uh, oh my God. the Yara Benders. Yara Benders, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, he's done a couple different sort of country things. And he was raised by this, his dad was a punk singer. Huh. And he introduced him to Dylan and all these different folk musicians. And he kind of got really turned on to it, hmm. so. All right, cool, let's hear it. This is uh, Miss Lonesome. Funny how I lose my mind when you come around Papa thinks that he knows you Mama knows you more She knows where to hide when you come knocking at the door The king in his castle Beggar on the street 
He also does this thing where he kind of tells these fantastical Western tales that are obviously not about his life, <laughs> and they take you places, and it's so fun. Yeah, there's definitely a like a mythical element about him. We saw him at Great Scott in Boston a few months ago, and I've been a fan of his records for a couple of years, but seeing him live, I mean, it, it really felt like we were witnessing a truly great vocalist. What did you notice in terms of differences live? Um, I think the dynamics that he's able to control with his vocals is you can't get that anywhere except for at a live show. You know, he's able to do, you know, that soft swooning uh, sound, but he also is able to give that like Jeff Buckley kind of huge, loud, um, commanding, commanding. Yeah, yeah, exactly. To get that sound. Um, and he rocks too. His band is incredibly tight. He objectively rocks. He objectively rocks. Yes. You can't question. <laughs> um, so blown away by that live show, and, and I can't wait to hear him. Okay, next next artist is uh, man. These transitions are just you know it's impossible to do transitions. You're doing sure. great. Thank you very yeah. much. Uh, Drive by truckers. Let's talk about them. Jason, you uh, chose them as one of your bands that you want to talk about. So yeah. drive by truckers have come out recently with a new album called American Band. And the album definitely takes kind of a, a protest stance of what is happening in this country and what we we're just talking about in terms of the kind of political nougat center of the Newport Folk Festival. It certainly will be a nice. Uh, <laughs> she just call it a political nougat center. I, I did, and, and wait for this analogy to finish. It will be a nice chocolate covering to that <laughs> nougat uh, political. And you center. and I will be the nuts in the inside. Oh, I, we're the nuts wherever we yes, go. Yes, this is getting um, really. Deep. Did not expect it to go here. Okay. American Band. As I was saying, uh, it's a political album. It takes stances on immigration, race, gun control. Uh, and what I find interesting about that is Drive-By Truckers is known as a Southern rock band. They're known and identified with the South. Um, the Alabama and Georgia. Exactly. Um Patterson Hood and Mike Cooley, kind of the the center of the band, are from Alabama. And their band has seen a lot of rotations, especially with Jason Isbell, who was kind of the most famous guy to come out of this band. But they've always been the center of it. And they nougat, are... Nougat Center. The Nougat the Center. Nougat center the, yes. the gooey Nougat Center. Um, <laughs> pick whatever bar you want. Snickers <laughs> or Milky Way. Actually, I, I believe Milky Way only Please has caramel. Stop. But... <laughs> They have kind of inf and, and put in a lot of their albums and music revolves around themes of the South. Yes. And what's interesting about that is South has this stereotype um, of being kind of non-inclusive, um, not really ready to pick up the, uh, the liberal nougat center of what a lot of people call like the hippie people going to the Newport Folk Festival. Yep, yep. But this album kind of subverts all that, and it goes against the grain of what you would think as kind of a southern rock band, you know, mm -hmm. uh, which I think is really great, and especially the song Ever South, which is uh, very uh, relatable to what's happening right now with the immigration ban going on, because the song is about Patterson Hood's family immigrating from Ireland and Scotland. And what we don't think about, especially because now we look at immigrants as Latinos or Arabs and Muslims coming in. 
but they were once point Scottish and Irish, just people that you now see as you know the, the grain. Yeah, exactly. Right. The the grain of America. Um, but these were all immigrants, and it's important to remember what this country is made out of, especially immigrants. So I think that's why um, the song is so great. All right. Well, drive-by truckers are known for their live performances, so. I'm going to play, I guess, a semi-live version of this song. It's recorded at Electric Lady Studios, um, and so here it goes. Yeah, I think, um, you know, that song exemplifies the rest of the record in terms of how political it is and how much of a commentary it is. And for me, it's really a time stamp for American history. I think in 20 years, probably we'll look back at this record and acknowledge the fact that they were kind of talking about the frustrations and the um, turmoil that's coming out of the South right now, when a lot of liberals in the Northeast were pretty much oblivious to it up until this election. Um, And I think if you're a drive-by truckers fan and you've seen them on tour and you've been following them, you were probably a little bit more aware of it than the rest of us. Um, And I think that's something to be said about a band that can shed some light on both the good and the bad of the South and do it in a really honest way. And we have the album cover up right now and we're looking at it and I didn't notice this before. It's a flagpole. The flag is half mass, but it's also the flag is in the shape of a cross. Right. Interesting. I didn't um, that either. So take that as you will, but there seems to be a lot of commentary on the current state of Christianity in the American South, the flag at half mass, what's going on there as being such a prominent icon in the country as well. I love this. I love this album. You can't just expect minorities and marginalized people 
to be doing all the heavy lifting all the time. Sometimes people will not listen to something until they hear it from someone who sounds like them. Yeah. And I think that this album is so interesting because we, we've we been hearing a lot trying to understand, you know, we're so divided as a country, we're trying to understand people who have a different perspective. You see all these profiles of people who've lost their jobs in coal mining country and Appalachia and they feel disenfranchised and they feel, and there's this sort of xenophobia that comes from that and they're subverting that. And they're saying, no, it's that's not what we want. That's not what we're doing. We're not trying to tell you that it's because there's people that don't look like us and it's their fault. So, you know, yeah. they're, they're fighting against that, but they're fighting against it from a place that is kind of known as, I don't know, just, we just, we just lump everybody in. It's not, yeah, yeah. yeah and personally, if I was from the South, I'd be very happy to see this album as well, representing probably my beliefs from a band that represents the South. And a band that's being listened to by Northeast liberals yeah. and coastal liberals. Um, it's also being listened to by people who maybe need to hear this message. Yes, certainly. I can't think of another band that um, is shedding light on both sides of the spectrum, you know, calling out the the coastal liberals for being oblivious to the Southern problems, but also calling out the South for, um, you know the actions that some of them have taken on in this you know recent political climate so uh super important record and if you're someone that doesn't consider yourself a drive-by truckers fan listen to this album i i promise they'll, it'll change your mind it's great um and the next artist the last and final artist that we announced transition yeah right oh this band has absolutely nothing in common with what we were just talking Woo. about uh, uh that's not true actually we can find something um choir 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 and you have to say it with exclamation points choir 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 it's not easy to do actually <laughs> choir <laughs> uh this is not actually a band this is more of an organization uh they w are what you might call a community choir and I like the uh, the story of how it all started, so I'm going to tell it real quick. Basically, this guy Nobu Adelman uh, was throwing a birthday party for his buddy, who happened to be a musician, and uh, he thought it'd be a good idea to get a little choir of his friends together and sing at the birthday party for his friend. And so he put it together, and they just decided to keep meeting uh, every week and to get together and learn a couple pop songs. And then they rented out this venue called Clinton's Tavern in Toronto. And they said, you know what, if anyone wants to come to this, it's five bucks. You're welcome to come and we'll teach you how to sing pop songs uh, in a choir setting. And so basically it's this one guy with a guitar and then another guy who's like the conductor and the teacher. And the teacher breaks you up into th breaks, breaks the crowd up into three different parts based on your register of how you sing. And he teaches you the harmonies for a pop song and you learn it and um, you sing it as a group and they record it on put it on YouTube and it's been going viral pretty much every video that they upload goes viral to some extent and it's great so i'm going to play um a song by that they did a cover of sufjan stevens for the widows in paradise
I feel like that would definitely make Pete Seeger proud. That's going to be so good. So many people are going to cry. <laughs> so many people are going to sing. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing folkier than a choir, really. No. Um, Do you think they're going to pass out, like, lyrics to people? <laughs> I think there are going to be lyric sheets. Uh, yes. Maybe there'll be something on the stage that signifies, to be honest, we're not 100% sure what's going to happen, which is super exciting. And we're watching a video of this, and I feel as if the, the audio doesn't do it justice, because you need to see all the faces in the crowd singing it uh, of all ages, of all different backgrounds and ethnicities. And I think that's so essential in folk music to see normal people singing it. Because uh, for me, at least, that's one of the pillars of that style of music is it's in the name. It's for the folk. It's for people. It's it's an egalitarian music and accessible for anyone to learn. Absolutely. And to see all that is r really great. Um, and I think epitomizes folk. Totally, man. And that's a that's a great note to leave it on because that's all the artists we have right now. Um, so I don't know. I'm, this is only six artists, but I'm already just looking forward to this festival, I think, more than I have since I've been working here. So I'm super excited. And thank you guys so much for coming on the Thanks show. For Thanks us. for having us. Yeah, it's been great. And uh, I'll see you guys at the fort. Yeah, see you see there. You cool. All right, well, that's our first episode of season three. And as promised, we've got a clue for the next artist that we'll be announcing uh, via our rolling lineup. So this one is a bit of a riddle. And yeah, we'll see how it goes. Maybe you're from New Albany, Ohio, and that's how you know him. Or perhaps a fan of Late Night, because he just played Conan. Again, that's maybe you're from New Albany, Ohio, and that's how you know him. Or perhaps a fan of Late Night, because he just played Conan. <laughs> I'm kind of curious to see how that goes. Uh, but anyway, a huge thank you to Tori and Jason for helping us kick off this season. Again, I highly recommend everyone go check out the Front Row Boston YouTube series. It's one of those things where you watch one video and then you realize an hour and a half later that you've watched 10 of them. Uh, also, a big thank you to Headcount for sponsoring this episode. And of course, thanks to you guys for listening. We're going to stick with this format, so we'll be back in two weeks with new guests for another lineup preview discussion. Again, my name is Dan, and I'll see you guys next episode.